Hi everybody and welcome to the Dr. Psych Mom Show. Today we're going to be talking about who should just stay single, you know, and uh, not worry about finding a relationship. And uh, I will get to that as soon as I tell you to subscribe. Most recent subscriber episode was on what you should expect from therapy and what is not fair to expect from therapy or not really useful because it won't happen. Um, and the, there's, there's 120 subscriber episodes. There will be more out by the time you hear this. And if you do not subscribe, you are missing over 30 hours of listening to my mellifluous tones. Uh, so you should definitely do that. All right. So a lot of times I get people in therapy after divorce and they don't really want to date at all. And, um, but they think that there's something wrong with that or that they should be dating because maybe they want to show their kids a happy marriage when they didn't have one before. And so then they feel like they're like disappointing everybody because people ask about them dating all the time. They don't really want to date. And it's actually been like a while, you know, years really since the divorce. And they just don't want to date. They don't want to be in a relationship. They find it to be a lot of uh, bullshit for not much reward. Now, good. I mean, like, fucking don't date. If you do not want to be in a relationship, do not get into a relationship. That's like the stupidest thing you could do coming out of divorce. Because you just got free of a relationship, and now you want to go back in a relationship without even the motivation to be in a relationship? Definitely don't do that. It would be like having a baby if you didn't want to have a baby. Like, that's not going to go well. Like, it's, that's, that is um, high, the definition of high risk, high reward. And it, 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 you might not. I mean, people do regret having children. There are people that regret having children, and there are plenty of people who regret getting married or getting into relationships. So it is not real that, like, every relationship you get into, whether it's a parent-child or a um, romantic relationship is going to improve your life. If you don't have the motivation to get into a relationship, don't. So then you may say, how are my kids going to learn about a relationship? How are your kids going to learn about having sex? It's not from watching you have sex. How are your kids going to learn to be a lawyer if you're a doctor? It's not watching you be a lawyer. Your kids can learn a lot of shit on their own, particularly if they know that they don't have a template. So those kids are going to be ahead of the game. So here's the kids that are really fucked. The kids that are fucked, unfortunately, are the kids who grow up in a home that is loveless or fighting or just kind of a bad marriage, but nobody mentions it's really a bad marriage and they stay together anyway and and maybe they mention it's a bad marriage but either way they stay together and um so the kid kind of learns this is what marriage is so that's bad because then you don't know that you have to learn something else you don't understand that you don't know anything Now, a child that grows up with a single parent, they know that they don't know about relationships. So they may go into therapy. They may like be very observant about other people's relationships. They may do a lot of reading or something. You know, they know that they don't know something. If you grew up having a dog and you get a dog as an adult, you are not going to read a book about how to take care of a dog. You assume that you know how to take care of a dog. But let's say that your parents like never washed the dog like ever. Well, then you're probably going to not wash your dog either. And that's not being a good dog owner. But let's say you did not grow up with a dog. Then you're going to read a book about dogs and they're going to say, by the way, every so often you got to wash your dog and then you're going to wash your dog. You're probably going to be a better dog dog owner than a person who grew up with parents who did not take good care of a dog but yet had a dog. Do you see my point here? So if your kids, if you do not want to be in a relationship, 
you may be an avoidant attachment person. You may be somebody who really just doesn't like sex or intimacy or touch. This may have been a problem in the previous marriage and why you got out of it. You may have been burned by, you know, disappointments in a previous relationship. You may just be a person who likes to do their own thing, live their own life. You originally wanted to have kids. Now you have your kids and you just kind of do not want the emotional engagement and the time and effort spent in a romantic relationship. Okay, that's fine. So stay single and every so often say to your children, oh, it'll be interesting what you decide when you're older. You know, you didn't really have, you know, somebody to look at really when your father and I were together, your mother and I were together, then, you know, we we weren't happy. Obviously, we got divorced. So, you know, and now I, I am single and really intending to stay that way. And so it'll be interesting when you're older, you know, you you can think more about what you want in a relationship. You could really start from scratch. You know, it would be interesting what, what you come up with kind of because you don't have a template. You don't have to say that more than like a couple times over the child's lifetime. But, you know, you could say it just so that it's verbalized that like, you know, they do have a deficit in a certain regard that they would have to remediate. Just like if you're growing up and uh, a child is an only child, I was an only child, then you do not know how to parent siblings. You have to do a lot of research and a lot of observation and a lot of thought and talk to other people that have, you know, grown up with siblings and parented siblings because you have no idea. You don't know if they're bickering, if that means that it's the end of the world or if that's just like shit that siblings do. And over time, you figure it out. But in the beginning, you really understand that you are at a deficit it because you didn't have a sibling so you don't know right and it's the same kind of thing for kids that grow up and and by the way your ex-parent in this situation will probably remarry the statistics are likely that one of you will and it's not you so it's likely them so then you know your child could see a relationship between their other parent and that person's potential partner right so it's not all riding on you but If you yourself know that you are not going to have a relationship, then don't have a relationship. It's so much worse. When people get into bad second marriages, then the kid is like, what the fuck? Like, man, marriage really does suck. The first marriage didn't work out. The second marriage didn't work out. You know, and that's not to say, of course, if you get into a relationship with somebody and it's not working out, then separate from them again in your post-divorce relationships. Obviously, don't stay in a bad relationship by any means just so that your kids see that marriages work out because that marriage ain't working out, you know? So it's you would be lying in, in that sense. It isn't working out anyway. But th- the point is, like, do not pretend that being single is somehow worse than it would be to be in a bad relationship. And the relationship would probably be, be bad if you do not have the full motivation to be in it. So then you could say, what kind of people don't have a full motivation to be in relationships? Well, I I just told you, but I could explicate, you know, further, right? So people who are avoiding attachment don't really want to be in relationships. They'd rather be independent and have, you know, the ability to do anything they want, anytime that they want. This is big, particularly for women. Men remarry quicker. So really, I'm addressing women by this. Women are also the ones that perseverate on whether they are giving their child a good template of relationship more frequently um, because they think about the kids more frequently, as I've talked about all the time. The best dad in the world compared to the best mom in the world, whoever those paragons are, I bet you that that mother thinks about the kids five times more than the father does. That's just evolutionary 
It just is. Women talk about the kids so much. There are some men that I have in individual therapy. I don't even know their kids' names. I really don't. <laughs> I've been working with these people for a long time. And, and you know, I mean, it, it's funny because it's so different. And I'm not saying they're not good parents because they report on doing the things that they're supposed to do. And men don't really obsess over the kids the same way for better and for worse. But anyway, with given that PSA... Um, if you are a woman and you have divorced, frequently this is me time. This is time to basically have your second young 20s, even though you're in your 40s, 50s or beyond, and do whatever the fuck you wanted, especially if when if you never got to do that because you had a strict family or you were religious or you got married young or whatever, whatever. But a lot of women are like, fuck all y'all. I'm going to take my sculpting class and I'm going to take my hot yoga and I'm going to learn a language and I'm going to travel in the summer when I don't have the kids for a week or whatever and I don't want to touch anybody I don't want to be near anybody this is my first marriage ended I didn't want to sleep with him he was an asshole anyway and now I do not want to get involved with other men but what about the lack of a familial you know uh, a traditional nuclear family for my children in this case you see it's not going to go well, right? <laughs> like it, you are going to start dating. You're going to find something wrong with everybody. Maybe somebody will be somebody you want to get involved with a little bit more. But in reality, your priority is 100% the kids. So, you know, it's not going to fully work out anyway. The kids are going to be ambivalent about the person. If you're not motivated to date, and by the way, I mean, this could be a much more interesting topic that I do I mean, not more interesting. I don't want to shit all over this podcast. Maybe you're liking it. But an equivalently interesting, although different direction for this or another podcast could be, you know, when women don't really want to be dating, but then they do. So they're like half and half. They're So I'll say when women are ambivalent about dating after divorce, so the kids end up being the ones who hate the significant other because they're picking up on the mother's ambivalence. And this happens much more with women. So, so for example, the mother wants to be in a relationship, kind of, but she also wants to sleep in the bed with the kids. So she sleeps in the bed with the kids, but then on nights when the guy stays over, she doesn't. So guess what? They hate the guy, obviously, of course. He's literally usurping their place in the mother's bed, literally. Now the door is closed, etc., etc. So of course they're going to hate him. But really, why do they hate him? Because she doesn't really want to be in that relationship and to be single. What she really wants is to be sleeping with the kids in the bed. Ideally, if the kids were to like, you know, if she were to be like Evie and out of this world and be able to stop time, then, you know, she would uh, go on a date and then come back and then sleep in the bed with kids. But because she only has this one life and you cannot stop time like Evie and out of this world, then, you know, she kind of is pretty, you know, at odds internally about whether to prioritize the dating life or the kids. And mostly it's the kids, but then sometimes she wants to date and the kids pick up on and embody this ambivalence. Usually that manifests as an extreme hatred for the partner. And I talked about this uh, a lot in my podcast on uh, introducing your new partner to your kids. And I talk about how if the partner becomes um, really... Uh, you know, embedded in the structure of the family and the children learn to rely on the partner, then they like them, you know? I mean, so for example, my own situation, as I think I talked about in that podcast as well, 
Um, so my husband, who is my second husband, as all of y'all know, um, he drives the kids around a lot, a lot more than I do. Cause like, I'm fucking exhausted at night. I mean, you try working with eight clients in a day, right? So, <laughs> so like, I'm not going to drive to do dance pickup unless like, I don't know, it was like threat of nuclear Holocaust and I had to pick her up at dance. And then we were like fleeing the country, but on just like a regular day, I'm going to be at home with the other two and he's going to pick her up at dance because I can't, I'm so tired. I mean, I could if I really had to, but I don't. So he does. And so then she's happy and she likes him because guess what? He's picking her up at dance. So, you know, he's obviously very necessary in that because he's driving a car to pick her up at her preferred activity. This is just one example of, of one child. But then if, if let's say, let's say he wasn't a husband or let's even say he is a husband because a lot of people unfortunately do marry people that they are kind of ambivalent about. So let's say it was a situation where I wasn't sure really if I wanted to prioritize being a full family, including the husband too, or if really I preferred being myself with the children, you know, just kind of like a single mom with kids. And I kind of do like that, but you know, then I also love him. So it's kind of this situation where, you know, I really, and that a lot of people are in and that I'm hypothetically putting myself in, in this hypothetical is that, uh, I am really, it, in my mind, there's always a competition between whether I want to be alone with the kids or whether I want to be kind of including him. So in that sort of situation, I would make sure to do all the drops and pickups to all the extracurriculars, load everybody up in the car because I have to drive. And, and then I would like tell him to oh, go do whatever you want. We're fine. So then they don't perceive him as embedded in the network. They certainly don't perceive him as instrumental or necessary. They perceive him as somewhat of a, of a, you know, a side figure that shows up or not. But really, mommy is truly the only one that we can rely on, right? And of course, uh, you know, my, my ex-husband does all these things as well, the drops and what have you. I don't mean to say that it's just me and my husband, but, you know, their, their father also does this stuff in case anybody thought otherwise. But the the point is that in this situation, right, you see so many ways that it could go. Or we could all go, but I could make sure to always be the one to run out and pick her up and give her a big hug and moderate the conversation such that he doesn't really have his own alone conversations with the children because somehow I'm always there. This is something I see a lot of people do. So if you get something out of this podcast, it's this. If you want to be in a relationship after divorce, be unambivalent about it and model that lack of ambivalence and that a true deep yearning to be in a close relationship by embedding your prospective new partner in the family network incrementally um, in order to show that this is somebody who is valuable to you and will be a strong uh, part of the family, right? Or don't date at all, you know, if you aren't ready to potentially, or I mean, by not date at all, I mean, don't date and involve the kids. You could certainly on your time away you know, like if your co-parent has the kids, you could go do whatever. You could have casual sex all up and down the wazoo, whatever you want, you know. But once you start involving your children and introducing them to people, 
be sure that you are ready to make them a part of your family. If you are not, be real and authentic with yourself and say, I don't really want to date with an eye on any sort of long-term relationship. I prefer to be basically a single parent and I will, you know, also understand that that comes with positives in as much as I do not have to deal with another human being and all of the blended family bullshit, but also negatives in that they may not see, you know, a happy, loving relationship, but also it wouldn't be a happy, loving relationship if I'm ambivalent. And maybe I will be unambivalent in future as the children get older. Maybe I go through therapy. Maybe my my priorities change. Or maybe I will just kind of always be a single parent that has somewhat casual romantic relationships, if any, in the time that I don't have the children. And I don't have to apologize for that because that is my choice. And I am, but, but the only thing that I would in theory have to apologize for is a very ambivalent situation in which I have not come to terms with my own thoughts or feelings about this. And instead, I'm doing what I think I'm supposed to do. But in fact, I don't want to. And this would be not want to have a full loving relationship that takes me away in any part from the children at all. And therefore, the children pick up on that ambivalence and then they end up hating the person or finding them to be useless or a distraction or somebody who takes mommy away, etc., etc. All right, so um, this did take a little bit of a of a U-turn in the middle, but I think that will be interesting to most of you that are listening. And I will talk to you all soon. Have a great day.